Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Peter Peach talks about how God uses our community to shape and mold us into His image. We look at a few verses from the book of John and Proverbs to see what the scripture says about the importance of finding healthy community. We hope you enjoy this message. Good to see everybody. You probably don't recognize me because I'm normally in the early service. So, okay. Well, I have been in here before, so I recognize some of you guys. But my name's Peter. I normally contribute to childhood diabetes in first service. And um, I'm glad Dallas <laughs> allowed me to come and uh, speak to you guys today. So I just wanted to share with you a little bit um, about community. I know we've been talking about community. So I, um, at a previous church, I taught adult Sunday school for a long time. And about 20 years ago, I, one of the people I talked to, uh, she was from Romania, and it was awesome. It was a super fascinating conversation because she actually lived in Romania when it was still under control of the USSR. And so during that time in communism, they were not allowed to go to church, even though they had a Christian church. And she would share with me these stories of how they would have to like sneak around and do all these different things so that they wouldn't get caught going to church. And they had all these different strategies and it would take them all like hours to get into church and they would have to rotate out. They had all these different strategies so people wouldn't get caught. And they were always different spies trying to catch them in the act of going to church, but they never gave up going to church. And I was found that so fascinating. And I, and I was like, why? And she said, because that community was so important to them. It meant so much. They were willing to risk everything to be together so that they could worship the Lord um, in community. Didn't matter if they could potentially go to jail or not. And she said that was the most special time she ever had in the church. Never experienced anything like it. And so today we want to talk a little bit about the community that we're building here at Fellowship Greenville and about your role in that community. So first, let's look at community defined. So as we make this case for God's community and we want to uh, be a part of something special like that, what does, what does community mean? You're going to hear this a lot. And I think sometimes we use this in the church. And what I want to get away from is this idea that community only exists in church you're going to hear this throughout all kinds of different layers, but community is a group of people living in the same place or sharing similar characteristic. Or the second option is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. So some of the ter terminology that gets thrown around is this idea of a global community. How many people uh, are on this planet right now? 7.5 billion. 7 it's hard to feel connected and in a true community with 7.5 billion, right? You're not really that close to each other. Literally, you have all kinds of different cultures. And the main thing we have in common is that we live on this planet and we're people. Okay, so that's kind of a starting point. How many people in the U.S.? 300 million, over 300 million. Again, a staggering number. It's hard to comprehend. And even though we all think of each other as Americans, you go to different parts of the country, it's different communities. It's almost different Americas in different parts of the country. So yeah, we, again, you can narrow it down. We've got this one additional thing in common. How about in the upstate of South Carolina? It's actually 1.3 million if you count Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, all the outlying areas. I was shocked how much it's grown in this area. Well, so please 
Don't tell anyone else about this area. Don't, let, don't tell them to come. 1.3 million. Again, you know, you narrow it down. You're like, well, we're all South Carolinians. We're all in the upstate. But do you, do you guys, connect, are you connected to 1.3 million people? Are you able to relate? No, right? It's a staggering number to think about. Even in our church here, we have over 3,000 people, right? We're in what would be called a megachurch, a large church, over 3,000 people. And so that's why the role of these type things are so important, where we dig down and we get in these smaller focus groups and we try to build this community, right? Now, I was saying earlier, community is not exclusive to the church. So I want you to keep this in mind as we keep talking. You're going to have other communities in your life. What are some other things that you can call a community that you're a part of? Your family, right? That's your first and longest community. Go ahead. Your friends that you have, right? Where do you see a lot of your friends at? School. You got one? Oh, did I take yours? I'm sorry. School. Go ahead. Your sports teams that you're on, exactly. Anything else? One day when you go out and get a job in the world, go ahead, your work. Pardon me? Friends, okay. I mean, so you you can see you're going to have all these different circles that you're going to engage in as you get out in the world. So the point isn't to make this an exclusive group This is your only community. That's not the point. The point is you're going to have these communities, and if you can think of them like circles, these spheres, you have these rings of influence in your life, and what we want to do is allow this community to help influence your other communities. We want you to participate in all the communities in your life, and you're going to see these things, but we want to get the benefit of this community, what makes this community so special to kind of permeate out into everything else. So why is community beneficial? Why is it important? I actually was doing a little bit of research. You know, we've had this terminology a lot in the church, but I'm in the corporate world, so I see a ton of this now in corporations. You see this all the time. It's advertised everywhere. And what people are realizing is there's this massive benefit to community, and so everybody is trying to build a community. Um, Cigna, which is a big health um, insurance company, they did a survey And they found that half of Americans in this study felt alone and isolated. I was shocked. I was like, half? That's that's amazing to me. How in a country of 330 million people can you feel alone and isolated? But people do. And the other thing they found very interesting was that in this time, even though we're in this digital age, all the digital input did not alleviate that feeling at all. We think, oh, well, I've got Facebook or Instagram or whatever new thing you got. I know I'm doing all the old stuff that old people quote. Like, we have email that we get connected to. You know, I know the kids all have new stuff that you guys get connected to. But the point is that did not alleviate this feeling. It did not give that true sense of community. And it doesn't give us the life that God wants us to have. You know, if you look at John 10.10, Jesus kind of hints to us of what he is wanting to do for us, right? The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. He goes, but I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So we're going to talk about a core pillar of building this abundant life that the Lord wants. Now, what is this abundance? Is this talking about financially, just monetarily? No, Now, the Lord may choose to bless you financially or not, but believe me when I tell you there are a lot of rich people in this world that are miserable and do not have an abundant life. And there are a lot of poor people who, even though they don't have a lot of wealth, have a lot of spiritual abundance. 
and they're satisfied in their life, and they have a lot of meaning. So just separate all that. The, the abundance that God is talking about is a meaningful life that's impactful and changes people. That's what Jesus brought to us, right? So I looked at this uh, website, and I think it's interesting that the, the rest of the kind of secular world is catching on to what we've been talking about in the church forever, right? Well-being people said that the word community is without question central to the human experience. It's vitally important of our existence as people to be in community. So the question is not uh, whether you should be in community, right? Because we know that community is going to provide a sense of belonging, support. It gives you the opportunity to be a part of something greater than yourself, to have a purpose beyond just your immediate circumstances, but what we see is, is that God had laid this out for us already knowing, like the rest of the world is trying to catch up, right? If you look at Hebrews, bring up Hebrews 10 for me. God had told them, don't neglect to meet together as is in the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Right, Because in that time, they were in difficult circumstances, the Christians were. And they, some of them were just like, well, I'm, I'm not going to meet with other people. I'm not going to worry about gathering together. And he's saying, no, that's not what you need to do. You need to cling tighter. You need to be together more. You need to emphasize this community. So um, I like to think of it as, you know, sometimes when we stand up here and talk to you guys, uh, especially us adults, and we're sharing stuff with you, it's kind of like how God does to us, right? We're sharing with people and it may not make sense at the time, right? And God sometimes is telling us to do things and we don't necessarily understand why that is. We probably did not comprehend the full value of what community brings when God told us to do this. And you'll see this a lot throughout the Bible and that's a lot of times why God is saying operate in faith, right? Sometimes you do things that God asks you to do because you believe in the person that's telling you, right? You trust in God to lead you in the right way. So if you buy into the fact that we need this community and we have this, our community to kind of bleed out into the other communities, let's look at um, this hierarchy of communities. I, I want you to come out of this thinking about what community is most important to you. It's not a matter of can you have other communities, but what community really matters. And here's why I think this community, this church community we're in matters so much and is so important. Those communities, they overlap, right? But you're in a part of community that, that can influence all those other circles. And the impact that you're gonna bring in this community, can have eternal impact on people, which is hard to comprehend, right? Um, you know, I am a, uh, I'm a Clemson fan. I'm a, uh, right now, I'm a, I, I'm a sad, I'm a sad Clemson fan right now. Yeah, are you? Because you guys lost last night too, I think. So, but... See, now we're seeing, we're seeing community friction right here. This is what happens when communities clash. So, but the point of it is, 
being a Clemson fan, that's great. I enjoy being a Clemson fan. I love the rivalry. I love the fun. I love all these things. We're talking about these communities that we have, that we're a part of, and they all enrich our lives, and that's great. But you know what? Being a Clemson fan doesn't impact me eternally. In the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. I'm so glad my wife's not in the service. She'd probably be mad if I said that. <laughs> She's an even bigger Clemson fan than me. In the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter, Right? But we're part of this community, and in the big scheme of things, this really matters, right? If you look at uh, John 13, 34 through 35, what does Jesus say? He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So why is this uh, so relevant to what we're talking about? You know, this community gives you an opportunity to love on each other. And when you love on each other in a meaningful way, when that is expressed, it says something to people, right? The, you know, if you wear a Clemson shirt, people know you're a Clemson fan, right? And your behavior is going to reflect on your fandom. Some people will say, oh, those fans are jerks because, you know, they wear their gear and they're annoying. And sometimes you wear your Christian gear. You might wear a cross or whatever you wear. But most times, you're, you're not having anything that says you're a Christian. You're not having anything that says you're a part of this community, typically, right? So what speaks to people is the way you behave. That's what makes people curious, is when they see you doing remarkable things for other people and being a part of this community, that speaks to them. And Jesus here says, people will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another because you are going to love each other so uniquely and powerfully, it's going to be exceptional and it's going to stand out to people, right? That's the kind of difference, that's the kind of affection we want to have for each other as we build this community together. I, I like to think of it as this idea of salt, right? Salt makes everything taste better, right? If you have no salt, it's like bland and boring. It's just, it doesn't have that flavor. You can add a ton of salt. And the cool thing about salt, salt can get spread out among a, a lot of different things. You'll be surprised. Salt is even in like cereal. It's in sweet stuff. Why? Because salt enhances the sweetness and brings it out. Salt gets spread throughout. And, and that's why it's so awesome to me that the Bible describes us as salt, right? As salt and light. Because we want to be that salt in those communities that we go out into. Um, one thing in talking about this eternal impact and I don't want to neglect this. I, I want to encourage you guys. I know it's tough talking about your faith, right? It's difficult. When I was a kid, I got saved at a, a little bit later age. I was in like the fifth grade, and we had moved around, and I came to know the Lord, and I was like, I was like an inferno. I was on fire for God. I mean, I was like a glowing ember running around, and I was like, yes. Jesus loves you, and if you don't love Jesus, oh man, it could be bad for you. You know, this, you need to choose Jesus right now. Don't do that. Don't eat. I was all over. They, they called me Preacher Peach because, I, I mean, I would come in, and it was like I was Moses because I would walk into the lunchroom, and it would part like the Red Sea. All the kids would run away from me. <laughs> they were just like, oh gosh, here he comes. Because I was like, you got to turn your ways. You got to stop what you're doing. You know, it was just, it was crazy. 
But at the time, I didn't know any better. I just thought, man, this is great what I have. I want you guys all to have this. You guys should hear this. But it didn't really speak to people. And what I learned was the best thing I could do to connect with people is to love them genuinely. And as they opened up, as that love was expressed, and they asked what was going on with me, I could share with them what God was doing in my life. I'm not a Bible scholar, right? I'm not a preacher. The best thing you can do as kids, you guys are thinking at this age, well, I don't, I don't know the Bible. I can't talk about all this stuff. What you can always talk about is what Jesus is doing in your life, right? I encourage all of you to just take a few minutes and have a story to tell about yourself and the Lord. And whether that is how God has impacted you through this community, how God works in your life, how God encourages you, how your friends in the Lord have lifted you up. All these things, because people, they might debate the Bible or whatever, but they're not gonna debate your personal experience. Your personal experience with the Lord is powerful. And so as your community reaches out, you can share that personal experience after you've expressed a loving way, as people become curious about the way you're living your life. Okay. Um, so we talk about this eternal impact, this group that we're in, this community that we're in, when it makes a difference to people, you can change their eternal outcome. They can come to know the Lord and be saved. That's how power, no other community, all these other communities you're going to hear about, no one else can say that, that they can change a person's life for eternity. So just keep that in mind as we look at these things and why this matters. Last thing I want to point out is as we're together, the final benefit, you know, we're talking about the benefit for others. There is such a benefit for you as well to help you grow in the Lord, just to help you experience life in a better way. Um, if you look at Proverbs 27, 17, it says iron sharpens iron just as one man sharpens another. I have this idea that see who you want to be, right? You want to be around people that are expressing the traits and attributes that you want to express. And that's part of why this community is powerful because we're all looking to the Lord together. I don't, how, how many of you guys have seen Forged in Fire? You guys ever watch that show? My favorite show. I, oh, man. Forged in Fire, it's got the, it hooks in me so bad. I'm trying to get my wife to let me get a forge. So I can start building a sword or something. I don't know, but I just feel like it would be great because that show makes it look awesome. I got a sword, but it's so good. See, a huge claymore. Everybody needs to build a huge claymore. One of the things I love about that show, though, is you watch this process of how they forge, right? This process of how this metal gets shaped, and they heat it up, and they put it in the oil, and they quench it, and they bring it out, and then they go to test if it's hardened. Has the steel been forged? And what do they do? They take a file, which is hard, and they scrape it against it. And then if they need to sharpen it, they can just sharpen it with that. They take that metal, and they have an equal metal that sharpens the other metal. And if you haven't been forged properly, then you're not going to be sharp. And so in this passage, this is what we want, is for us to be forged together and to sharpen each other in the Lord. This idea that being together is going to make you um, be more like what you want to be. Right? 
And then you can exude that out to others. Now, again, I, I don't ever want to come in with the attitude of you're doing this to the exclusion of everyone else. It's not a matter of who you're with um, all the time, right? Because you're going to have these overlapping circles. But when we talk about investment, investment in this community, investment in this group, how do you show that you're invested in something? What are some ways that you can show that you, you prioritize something or that it's important to you? Where you spend your time. You do that thing first. Your focus, where your focus is. Where you spend your money. Where your emotional connection is. All these elements. And I will tell you something. You talk about um, the time that you guys put in here. Time, you will find out as you get older, is your most valuable asset. You got time to burn now. You guys feel that way, right? Because you're young. You got your whole lives ahead of you. And that's one thing you always think about. You don't think about time. And as you get older, you realize there's no amount of money that buys you more time, right? Time is a limited commodity. So where you choose to invest, that time matters. And it shows what you prioritize. And so we, as part of your community, want you to invest that time here. And that's why I love seeing you guys here. And I know that so many of the leaders in this group are kids that have come through this program. Right? It's awesome. I got to meet Julian the drummer. I got to meet Isaac back here working the board. All kids at this church that are helping participate in the process. So many of the leaders, I got to meet, you know, Jesse was in the first hour. I got to talk to him the other week. I mean, it's just so, to me, it's mind-boggling because I didn't have this growing up. Just seeing this type of community built up and seeing what's coming out of this process. And so we want to encourage you to believe in this process and to continue to grow in this community. We want you to be a part of our community. So this is the last, last thought I'm going to leave you with. I'm in sales. And so one of the things we talk about in sales is, as they evaluate people for different roles and different positions, one of the things they look at is your history. What's your history of success? What does it look like? And what they found is your history of success is the biggest predictor of your future success, right? What you've done in the past typically is your biggest predictor of what you're going to do in the future when it comes to those type roles. And so my philosophy in here, and I know you guys are saying like, whoa, we're, you know, we're still young. We don't have this huge past, obviously. But what we're trying to do is we're building your past now, in the now. We want to stack up these successes in this community, in the Lord now, so that as you move forward and you go into the future, you have this huge buoying tidal wave of success you've had in the Lord that will carry you through your life. Because eventually one day, most of you are going to go on and you're going to be part of different communities that aren't going to be here with this church. And we're not going to be here, but you're still going to have that tide buoying you up to carry you. And hopefully all the things that you've learned here together that you've grown through, that that carries you through those difficult times that you are bound to have. Because I promise you, you will have some difficulties in your life. And we want to give you this support, this system that's going to follow you forever. And hopefully this will be a predictor of the great things to come for you guys in in your lives in the Lord. All right, let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just praise you in all things. We thank you so much that you're a great and loving God. I thank you for the spirit of these kids, for their attentiveness, and just for them uh, choosing to spend time together here to learn more about you, Lord. And I just pray uh, that we would be able to help them to grow in you and that they may uh, go out and just make a difference for people uh, in the world and in their lives, Lord. And we just pray that uh, you would continue to bind us all together. We thank you most of all for the salvation we have through Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.